0: Welcome back to the Fabricators podcast. On this edition of our podcast, we are going to be joined by Kevin Waldman. Kevin Waldman came to Sectura Soft from another organization that focuses on automation and movement of material, which is a perfect timing to join in at SecturaSoft with all of the current fabricators, laser manufacturers, and job shops moving to automated load and unload systems He's a great individual to have on board, and we're really excited to have him on the Fabricators podcast. Let's dive in. All right, guys. So welcome back to the Fabricators podcast. Uh, this time we have Kevin Waldman with us. Kevin Waldman is the sales manager for Sectura Fab. Um, he's with uh, a co-worker of mine who came from the automation industry, uh, came outside of the industry, and I thought he would be a great guest here this week to discuss the differences that he sees in this industry versus the industry that he was in uh, previously, to talk a little bit about automation in the fabrication industry and to just explain what he sees as changes in automation and maybe even a little bit about how COVID um, has affected automation. You know, a lot more people are having skeleton crews inside of their fabrication shops um, and maybe they want to have, you know, some remote automation going on um so that they can do things like sheet loads sheet unloads moving from press break to press break um and doing more with less individuals on the shop floor and also having more individuals working from home and how that you uh, may want to monitor some of these automated uh tools so kevin thank you so much for joining us here on the fabricators podcast um i thought maybe we could do kick things off can you give us a little bit of background about where you were before uh and also give us a little bit about um, your role at the other organization and uh, when you transitioned and made this move over to SektoraSoft.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, so I came from a background of factory automation. Um, I worked for, um, a company called Fastums. Uh, what we did was we created pallet handling systems, um, for, um, mostly, machine shops, um, bigger machine shops. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we, we created pallet handling systems. Um, my duties there were, um, it was, it it kind of, it was kind of spread wide there. I did, um, I was a manager of the parts department. So I was, I over, oversaw all of the parts sales, um, parts shipment, all of the logistics of everything. Um, I also had, smaller duties such as, you know, logistics of, um, you know, trade shows, um, getting our, getting our demos to trade shows and things like that. Um, I also did some customer service as well. So if, uh, you know, a customer had a, had a machine go down or something like that, I would be able to assist them with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was when I, when I started there, that was kind of my introduction to the automation industry. Um, I learned a lot being there. I learned a lot about not only the automation industry but also uh, fabrication industry as well so it was nice to to have a good uh, have a good starting point that kind of helped me with my career um, <clears throat> and like I said, I learned quite a bit so so yeah I joined uh, sector Soft back in May of this year. Um, got on board Brad helped me out a lot and uh, I've had uh, quite a bit of fun and learned quite a bit already so. Very cool, yeah.
0: Well, and I know that you were talking about like the palletized handling and different handling of, uh, I
1: guess, is it kind of like material movement? Is that mostly what Fasten focused on? Yeah, absolutely. So um, <clears throat> it was material movement. Um, you know, we had material pallets full of, um, full of different items that we moved from location to location or from machine to a certain location. Um, and that's what we specialized in. So.
0: Yeah, very cool. And so when we take a look at uh, the industry that we're in now, the fabrication industry, you know, what do you see as um, some some things that carry over? Obviously, what we're seeing much more than I've ever seen in this industry uh, is more automation. So when I first started, you, had, you, you may have some suction cups that move some materials. There was, uh, I know, this old thing called a river system that uh, Mitsubishi started off with. And basically what it was a load and unloader. Um, for different material, but now I'm seeing uh, much faster load and unload because of these fiber lasers that are coming into play, where they're moving material much much faster. Um, you know, when you when you look at Fastems in the changeover to this industry, was there a time that you remember at Fastems that that changeover happened or? you know, what was the biggest focus? Was it to move material as quick as possible, as accurate as possible? Um, what was kind of the outcome of the material movement inside of Fastems? Because it was much more in the um, automotive space and things like that, if I'm not mistaken. And so it was much more accurate, much more efficient than a lot of the, the job shops that we're going into now. But it seems like the job shops are catching up. So I guess, what was the goal of a lot of the customers from Fastems when they would install these systems?
1: Um, like you said it was the main goal was to to be as efficient and as quick as possible Um, so they you are correct we did automotive uh, a lot of aerospace Um, that was I would say the majority of our customers were aerospace um, aerospace oriented companies so yeah it was the main goal was to get their items as quickly from you know their location to the machine um get it cut and bring it back to a certain location or bring it back to a different machine um and that that was the main goal so okay
0: and what is the what were some of the hurdles that you saw customers have when they implement <clears throat> these systems so if you were sitting here as these fabricators so in that industry it seems like those guys have Had a lot of experience with these automated systems so they knew what to watch out for they knew what to expect um you know long implementation cycles or what types of material to look for or what type of machines to look for as fabricators start growing and they start going into this material handling um so so a lot more customers now are looking at material handling than ever before because of these fast machines because these skeleton crews So what type of gotchas do you think that they need to look out for? And what would you recommend for these guys as they're going and looking at material handling load unload type platforms?
1: Um, The main thing I would say is kind of just um, to try to do your research before you, before you invest. Um, There were a lot of customers that we had that, you know, had invested quite a bit of time and money into these systems um, but didn't really take the time to learn them. and what that caused is, although it is supposed to be an automated system, there's obviously going to be some sort of, um, you know, man-operated aspects to it. And they only had certain people that could do that. And if those people were out, then you know they were kind of left high and dry. Um, so I would say the main, I guess, gotcha um, would be to to uh, inform yourself, uh, to do some research, and um, to kind of be able to have a a variety of people that are able to. Um, use your system that you have so
0: yeah and that's the same thing um you know that me and you experience today right is where we go in and somebody buys our solution and uh they don't want to put the time to implement it correctly but they want correct outcomes so basically what you're saying is make sure that you educate yourself make sure that you educate others inside your organization so that your uh your outgoing expense actually means something um and you have some gain from it
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah no that's uh uh, a great point now when you were there um, at fastums you know in the automation um, side of things and now you're transitioning over to this side of things what is is there a big difference that you see or do you see you know where fastums was or where where they were their customers were ten years ago is that where you're kind of feeling that our customers are now where they're making that transition into more automation and you kind of see the same pain points
1: yeah, actually, that's exactly what I'm seeing. Um, so a lot of the companies, I mean, a lot of the bigger companies that we sold to, they had, you know, they had a pretty good foundation. They were, they were, uh, you know, up and running pretty well uh, by the time that they invested into a, uh, you know, pallet handling or automation system. Um, but a lot of the shops started very small. They started as small job shops um, or machine shops, and they've grown, um, you know, gathered enough capital to invest into something like this. Um, and I, I've kind of noticed that with um, you know, a lot of our customers, um, it's kind of our software, I think what it does is it takes you the next step up. So um, you know any, any sort of automation that you can do is going to make your process a little bit more efficient. Um, it's gonna make it a little bit quicker. It's gonna require less people. So it's gonna in turn save you money while making you more money. Um, and I, I, I think that that's exactly how um, the majority of our customers over at Fastums uh, how they started off as well. So
0: yeah, very cool. And then outside of fastoms, you know now that you have made the transition over into the fabrication um, Sector obviously you were in the fabrication sector before but you're working more on the logistics how to move material around the shop and now you're dealing with um, People inside of the shop, you know when it comes to not to just kind of keep harping on this whole COVID pandemic You know, we keep talking about it every time that we we have a conversation but around this whole situation What what do you see? Do you see with this automation, more people uh, wanting to work remotely, more automation coming in? You know, if you if you had a crystal ball and you were looking forward, what do you uh, foresee? Because one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on board was because of your experience in this automation sector, because you were already ahead of where most of the fabricators were today that we're working with. Um, and so we really think that, that bringing you in and bringing in your, uh, knowledge is going to help us set up for the future. Um, so as we move forward and you see more automation, I, I, I keep see, hearing people saying that this fabrication side of things just kind of, or this whole COVID thing, uh, for the fabrication, just kind of kickstarted them into that more automated sector. Um, so with, with all <coughs> that being said, you know, as you look forward, what, what do you see that is going to be a change inside of the fabrication space? and um and what kind of recommendations do you have for customers as uh as they move forward through this pandemic and just kind of as we make this digital change um inside of uh, the fabrication sector
1: um well i think that this pandemic although um obviously a very negative thing um, was kind of an eye-opener to a lot of people um they realized that you know in in the case of something like this which is obviously a possibility Um, they should have the ability to work remotely, um, you know, be able to automate some of their processes so that they don't have to have people, uh, they don't have to have staff there constantly. Um, and I think that this, this year is going to develop a much higher need for automation in quite a few companies. So, um, I think that, you know, the ability to run not only a skeleton crew, but also lights out, uh, if they could run you know, almost um, twenty-four-seven. Obviously, there's going to be some cases where that's not a possibility. But if that is, that's 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 going to. Uh, it's worth the investment, and I think that not only is it worth the investment um, for safety, uh, for the safety aspect, but also for the ability to uh, get more work done in a twenty-four hour span. So, um, <clears throat> I think um, advice-wise, I would say that although. Automation might seem frightening to some people that, you know, have worked as a as an estimator or something like that for 30 years. Um, you know, if that's what they've done their whole life, they may see it as a threat to their to their uh, to their career. But um, in reality, it's it's really not. It's it's something that can help them. Um, it's going to make their life a little bit easier um, and it's going to in turn make, you know, the company more money. So I I would advise um, personally to to try to automate as much as you can um, and to try to you know like I've said before make your company as efficient as possible so um, you know automating some of your processes and still having people still having staff on board to um, you know check those check those uh, processes and things like that that's good to have but to be able to automate it um, it's it would it would you know it changes a company quite a bit so
0: yeah, I remember, uh, uh, you know, when I was growing up, my dad would always talk about like the horse and buggy and the guys that had like the the leather straps on the horse and buggy, and and as that yeah. transitioned over to a car, right? Those are the same guys that were wrapping the steering wheel in the and the leather. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I, there's always going to be a role. It's just how fast exactly. do you want to go? Do you want to be a horse and buggy or do you want to be in a Ferrari going down the street? Right. So I think it's right. You'd much rather be uh, efficient and moving forward with the time. Don't be resistant. Uh, and figure out your path as you go along. So I think that's great um, insight. I have, uh, you know, one final question for you. I've heard you kind of use the term, um, you know, feeding the beast when it comes to, um, you know, these cutting systems. So so fiber lasers, how fast they are and how you got to get uh, material there. It, what exactly do you mean? Because that's something that you kind of talk to our customers a lot about is, is how to be as efficient as possible upfront. Um, to get more on the back end to to your machine. So are you seeing more downtime on machines? Or are because these machines are becoming faster, you're seeing more downtime on them because it's taking so long up front. Is that kind of what you're talking about there? What I've heard you say this a few times. So I'm just trying to understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's where are you
0: seeing the bottlenecks, I guess is the is the best point that I the question I have for you
1: yeah um honestly it's kind of a it's kind of a butterfly effect uh in a way so right from the get-go i mean you have a customer that you know says they need a quote on an item and it takes you three to five days if not more uh to make that quote that's that's a tremendous amount of downtime starting right there um and that's just going to keep going you know that three to five days that it takes you is just going to keep going as as the process proceeds so um you know you finally get the quote over to them they take some time to look over the quote they finally say, yeah, we'd like to order that. Then you're going to have to go in and make that order and remake that, um, that item um, <clears throat> in a, uh, you know, like a production-ready standpoint. And then you're going to have to create that item, ship it out, all of that. Um, that can all be simplified. So with the software similar to our software, um, you know, you could get that quote out in 20 minutes, if not less. Uh, get that quote over same day. We'll just say that. Um, those people could come back, that customer could come back same day, say they want to order it, uh, and you could start making that item that day. So it, there is a tremendous amount of downtime that I've been seeing. And like you said, feeding the beast, that is something that I've said, and it's, you need to constantly be able to, um, have orders going to that, to that laser or to that punch, whatever it may be. You need to have orders going and you need to have those, those machines running constantly um that downtime that it takes to create quotes or to create orders is going to create downtime for your machines and in turn is going to um, you know keep you from making the most amount of money that you could
0: and the same thing probably then too with material right so if you have material that's just sitting there how do you automate unloading that and then how do you automate material um, going to that machine as well right so feeding the beast with work but feeding the beast with material so it can be cut and feeding the press break and feeding Keep the, keeping these machines on is probably uh, what, what everybody should be looking at. Um, exactly, know, yeah. How you can cut down on any bottleneck uh, that's, that's restricting that. Um, no, very good. Well, well Kevin, uh, it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much uh, for your time here today. Anything yeah. else that you want to add? Or
1: um, No, I think, I think we've covered quite a bit. Um, I, think, uh, I think it's been pretty good. Thank you for having me on here. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kevin. And thank you all so much for joining us on the Fabricators Podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.